turn on your radio. Rounds will flow just so you know. You can't get me okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, oh, let's go. It's time to turn up your radio. Rounds will flow just so you know. Just so you Hey everybody, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to Kicking with K Marie podcast. I am K Marie. Hello. Okay, so I can already tell a little bit that you know you might hear us going in and out, maybe just so just be warned. Okay, but we are going to do this thing because this is a topic that people need to hear and it's going to be heard. Okay. <laughs> So just bear with us because this will be heard. So if you are tuning in for the very, very first time to the Kicking It With K Marie podcast, welcome. Uh, we are a podcast for the culture, okay? Here you will receive advice, you will laugh, you will learn, and you will think. I believe that change starts with one conversation. So that's why I have on people that I bring on every week to... Um, you know, just tell us how to live this life a little bit better. And we stream on every streaming platform. You know, we do, except for what? Except for title. So we're on iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, all of the streaming podcast outlets except for title. Okay, so if you have not followed us on whatever platform you are listening to us on, go ahead and follow us. Go ahead and um, hit that subscribe button because this will be um, a podcast that you will love to listen to over and over and over again, if I do say so myself, okay? All right, so today we have a very, very special guest. And you know that we are doing the Family Matters series for the month of March. And we started off doing, um, a, um, we talked about last week about recognizing signs of trauma in your child, okay? And that went over very well. And we know that you don't, according to our expert last week, Patsy Herndon, you don't have to experience, your child don't have to experience something, what you will call very traumatic and to have um, a traumatic experience. So just go ahead and just listen to that episode if you have not. Um, today we're going to be talking about mending parent-children relationships, okay? Um, that's very important. And then next week we're going to be talking about um, those of you who have kids and you want to date. And I have somebody coming on. It's a friend of mine. She's going to share her story, how she had kids. You know, she had kids before she started dating. And um, when she met her husband, her now husband. So that's going to be something good. Because a lot of single parents out there, you know, you want to get your date on too. So and there's nothing wrong with that. All right. So we're just going to, that's going to be an encouraging um, episode there. So today we have somebody who I've known for a little while and she is just a really nice person. I'm glad that she accepted my invitation to come on the show to speak about this topic. So Latasha A. Lyman is a wounded healer with a story that speaks of one who has overcome, persevered, 
and is a guide to those who are willing to take the journey towards healing, wholeness, and evolving into being the best version of themselves. Latasha is passionate about creating a safe, trusting space to help individuals to become unstuck and move forward into living a life of freedom and fulfillment. She founded Legacy Life Counseling and Consultation Services, PLLC, located in Southfield, Michigan. Latasha obtained her master's degree in counseling at Ashton Theological Seminary and is a fully licensed therapist in the state of Michigan. She is thoughtfully known as Tosh the LPC. In private practice, Latasha serves individuals of all ages with a focus on those who are challenged with anxiety, depression, and experiences of unresolved childhood trauma, facilitating individual and group therapy work. Latasha also specializes in focusing on family therapy with the goal of reestablishing and cultivating strong bonds of trust and safety within the family system to address conflict and to improve communication and preserve the health and well-being of the family unit. And that is why she is here today. Okay, so she knows her stuff. All right. And you can follow Latasha on Facebook at Legacy Life Counseling and Consultation Services, PLLC. And for additional therapeutic resources on Instagram at Tosh, the P, the LPC. And for scheduling and booking, please contact her at LegacyLifeServices at gmail.com. And we will have all of that listed on the episode description of this episode. So you can just hit um, that email link if you want to book her, if you want to schedule an appointment, just hit, we're going to have that available for you. And I'm also during some time of the broadcast here, we'll have her information going on the bottom of the screen for those who are watching. So without further ado, I am going to welcome Latasha Lyman. Hi, Tasha. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi, Kelly Marie. Hey. How are you? How are you this evening? I'm well. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you know, I got my got my second win because, you know, I did a um, 8.30 to 5. So yeah. got off work and chilled for a minute yeah. and then um, got ready for the show. And I'm yeah. excited about this topic. What about you? Yeah, I'm excited, too. Thank you so much for the invitation. It is truly an honor to be here with you tonight. Oh, thank you. So at the top, mm -hmm. I mentioned how this topic, uh, mending the parent and child relationship mm -hmm. is important yeah. because we're not just talking about your regular old, you know, my mom or my father get on my mm -hmm. nerves from time to time mm -hmm. and vice versa because mm -hmm. we know we can get on their, their nerves too. <laughs> That's right. Yep. But we are talking and we want to address those who probably have not spoken to their child or to their parent in years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so before we get into that, mm -hmm. I want to know what made you get into um, therapy. But mm -hmm. before we do that, see, I almost forgot. 
I almost <laughs> forgot our little segment. I'm ready. I'm really ready to um dive into this yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. So, but everybody knows season three. I started something new. It's a new mm-hmm. segment called mm-hmm. "What in the World." Okay, <laughs> a little okay. cheesy graphic. A little cheesy graphic there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a, a, if one of the world is just um, briefly, we'll re- I'll talk with my guests about just a story. It could be anywhere in the world, it could be nationally, internationally, okay. of a story that makes you go like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm ready for it. Okay. So I saw this online. Okay. It says the, the, uh, the, the title is Voluntary, Voluntary Confinement. So you have regular folk lining up to stay in a Swiss prison. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> okay. I, I believe Switzerland is, it was deemed as like the happiest country in the world or something yeah. like that. No, and so, yeah. So it says like hundreds of applicants um, lined up to spend time mm-hmm. in a new Zurich clinker. And mm-hmm. what, what they want to do is they want to get regular folk, um, the people mm-hmm. of the jail or the prison, to experience the the new prison. Um, they, you know, they eating there, sleeping there, and all of that good stuff. Um, okay. And you actually have like, let me see how many people you actually have like eight hundred and eighty two individuals who submitted their application. Okay. And um, to stay a few nights in a Swiss jail facility from March 21st, 24th, excuse me, through the 27th. Okay. So I kind of <laughs> applaud the Swiss people uh-huh. for mm-hmm. wanting a, a nice facility for their people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to test it out. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, here in America, they live like animals different <laughs> different and you know in some places some other countries their prisons and jails are are nice so they just want to make sure that it's like up to par um and at any point to the the those who are volunteering if they get full feet or some type of anxiety or whatever they can yeah. always let somebody know and they can and and they can get out so would you ever be willing to like I'll test out a few nights in the jail I feel like I would not do that (laughs) there's definitely some things I might do that would not be one of them um yeah no I don't think I could be like because I imagine they still have to be locked behind bars as a as an inmate would be right yes so yeah, no, I really love your freedom, <laughs> and and I don't know that I would volunteer for that. That's not something that's on my bucket list. And no, definitely not. It's definitely not. Um, I would be willing to like. I know that there's someone in the city of Detroit who like sleeps outside and and has that experience of of you know being homeless and does that for a cause every I think annual. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. So something like that, I might consider possibly um, prison. Yeah, I'm going to go with a really good strong <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah, I think it's a hard pass for me. Too. Yeah, that's a hard pass. 
ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though in the article too, it said that it's like, cause it's like a jail. It's like um, a holding facility for those who yeah. are like awaiting trial. Okay. Something, something probably like our county jails. Yeah. But they want to, um, and they want to get the, the, the guards, you know, to communicate, help communicate with uh, the, the prisoners um, hmm. better and they want to mm -hmm. be more caring. So I, I think it's a good like thing that. what they're doing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think I that's that. a good thing. Yeah. But, that's, yeah. I agree. But that's as far as me being one of the testees. <laughs> no. No. no, no, no. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think I love the idea. Like my mind went into, um, test someone to test the food, <laughs> someone to say, oh, the food is great or it's horrible. Yep. Right. You know, like you said, just the conditions, temperature, things like that, mm -hmm. activities or what have you. Um, I love the idea of God being showing compassion and kindness mm -hmm. in some aspects to inmates, because at the end of the day, they're still human, individual they are. beings. And, and so even though they've there's been a crime committed or something that has brought them there. I still don't think that they have to be treated inhumanely or, you know what I mean? So I love the idea that they're trying it out. They're doing a trial of it. However, yeah, that's definitely, I'm with you, K-Marie. There's a hard pass for me. I, <laughs> I know that's, that's not something that I, I, I want to uh, experience. So no. <laughs> So that's two hard passes for Tasha and I. So I want to hear from the rest of you. Um, comment. Would you ever volunteer willingly to test out a jail facility? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. No. But no, kudos but. to them. Yeah. Kudos to them for the idea to right. outside the box and to test things out. So that's exactly. Yeah. All right, so going back to our topic, just briefly, what made you want to get into um, counseling? Wow, I always, you know, share whenever I'm asked this question, you know, since the time when I was probably 17, 18 years old, and I always knew, like, I had this passion for learning about the human mind and learning about human behavior. And so I didn't know what that would, how that would reflect. But I thought, oh, maybe psychology. And, you know, I, it came to be that I, I always share that counseling um, chose me. Mm. Say that because I used to go to different places, go to the store, or I remember when I was really young, I'm like riding on the bus or something like that to the mall, like Fairlane Mall, <laughs> and, um, or something like that. And people would like, I remember this lady coming up to me and asking me something in Walmart, I remember. And literally, we've spent <laughs> two to three hours like in the in Walmart. And sharing her life story off of us looking at, we're like in pillows and the pillars, mm -hmm. they sell pillows and stuff and blankets. And um, I, could, I just kept having that experience where, you know, like I said, one day riding the bus, someone just, you know, hey, how are you? I'm fine. And then just spill, like they just shared their whole story. So after, you know, having that happen to me over and over and over again, I'm like, Okay, something's something's happening here. Mm -hmm. What this means, but something is happening, and so that, and coupled along with 
this idea that I wanted to go into psychology and, you know, I wanted to learn about the human mind and human behavior. That was always um, like relationships, interpersonal relationships always intrigued me. So that was kind of how I landed at it. It was a long ride, um, was not a straight, narrow path. So even having that, knowing that was my passion, I went to start it off in school with that. But then like my little my little journey just kind of mm-hmm. turned, but it led me back um, to that. So um, I'm really, really, really grateful. I'm really grateful for it. And it's been um, an amazing ride, an amazing ride. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so again, we're talking about um, mending parent child relationships. And I remember um, I kind of, I had like ideas of different topics for okay. this month. Yeah. And I, I remember when I um, reached out to you, because normally I don't even like really ask like the guests, like, well, what's on your heart? You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was just, I don't know. I just, just felt led to, um, just to, to ask that. And you gave me like a list of things and this particular topic just stuck out. So I'm like, yeah, yeah this, this is the one. So what, and and, and talking about mending um, broken uh, parent-child mm-hmm. relationships, what are some things that would cause, I guess, a wedge between a parent and a child for cause to cause them not to talk for a long time? You know, it's so many different, you know, um, things that lead parents and children not to talk. It's so many different matters. And oftentimes they can be big or small. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I find to be true for families is it really depends on the pathology of the family. So when I say that, I mean, when you look back previously, so if you take a parent, an individual who is a parent, if you look at their history of what life was like for them, Mm -hmm. so they parented. What was their mom and dad like? How did they have a strong connection with their mother and father? You know, was there trauma involved? Was there, you know, what was that? What did that look like? Uh, And oftentimes that pathology, that history informs how we then show up once we become parents. It informs how we show up and parent. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes I think we believe it is mutually exclusive where, you know, I can definitely say there were things from my childhood that I said, I'll never do that. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I wanted more freedom. So yeah. Make sure my child has more freedom. You know, right. so, yeah, no, it'll work like that. You know, as sometimes it happens in that way where you're kind of using those experiences to inform how you parent. But oftentimes we're going based upon our own experiences through being parented. So we are, you know, if if there's something that happens, just think about the way you set rules, you know, as a parent, you know, you may have a parent who's, who was strict. You may have a parent who was really lenient. And so sometimes that's again, going to guide and inform the way you parent your child. So depending on, like I said, I wanted more freedom and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, one of the examples I could say as a child, um, there were things that I, I think I needed to know as a child. And because of that, it informed the way I, be, I became a communicator 
a strong communicator with my child when my son. So that was something I felt I needed. So I gave that gift to him. Mm. Um, so we bring forth so many different things. Discipline. Bliss, discipline was something I did like my, I'll say I did like my mom. My dad was not a discipline. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't a, into physical punishment or anything. Some parents are, some parents are not. Um, so that kind of guided the way I uh, parented my son. So I disciplined the same way I was disciplined. Right. Growing up until I learned something better. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I would do that differently, you know, doing that. Yeah. If I had to. Okay. So, okay. So say there, there's someone who's listening now and they <laughs> haven't spoken to their child or their parent in years, how can they begin to mend that? I think it, it, it begins with unpacking what happened, right? And really getting to the heart of the matter. Oftentimes it may be a single situation or maybe things over time, mm -hmm. small or, or large, it just, you know, or great. It just doesn't, it depends. Um, but I think it's getting to the heart of the matter in what caused this person to say, this is it for me, mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. It's a breaking point, you know? So I often try to dig deeper to say, what was the breaking point? What did they do? And then I also try to, again, look at the pathology of the family because that informs how that individual shows up to parent. So I ask, what did your mom, what was your mom's childhood like? Do you know her story? Do you know your father's story? Right. That's very important because oftentimes we believe that when our parents show up, they are super parents. They are superheroes like, oh, we, they've been parents their whole life. They should know this. No, they have not. Mm -hmm. A man or a woman who had a child. And because they had a child, they became a parent. That made them a parent. Yeah. There was no certification class. There was no manual. To <laughs> right. No instructions. No instructions. Right. So that's why I say, let's look at the history. How were they parented? Because again, that informs how they show up. It informs it. And when they are able to take off the title of saying, this is my mom. This is my dad. Because oftentimes when we give people titles, expectations follow that. We attach expectations to the title that we give them or the, the role that they play in our lives. Mm -hmm. Because you're my mom or because you're my dad, I have an expectation of you. Mm -hmm. Not saying that that's off course. However, we have to also see them as an individual. So we understand on a deeper level, okay, before they became my mom, this is their story. Before they became my dad, this was their story. So we just understand them as people, just as a person, just an individual. So what if a, a child, um, whether they're small or an adult, mm -hmm. um, their, their parent is the type of parent where they don't reach out. You're meaning like if it's an, so if they're younger or older, you're saying they don't reach out to them to talk to them or. Yeah. The parent, like, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, 
they, they, they're not taking their role, I guess, as a parent in mm-hmm. trying to communicate and reach out to their child. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet say like the child is always reaching out. Okay. I can speak for myself. Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me okay. So like for like, my, <laughs> like me and my father, um, you know, we, uh, it's, it's not the best relationship. And I just come to accept that Mm because it was times when I was like, you know, younger, I would like reach out and try to make things pop, you know, but, you know, um, broken promises on his end. And, you know, I I just was just like, forget it. And this is just what it is. It is what it is. I'm not like, at first I was upset and mad and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I I moved past that, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, and my mother, she will always like, like call him, like you, you need to be reaching out, you need to be doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. So, so what can you say to, to, I guess um, that the child, mm-hmm. you know, who should should they just like just forget to say forget it <laughs> at, at some point, or should they continue to try and mend the relationship? So I, I would often say, again, kind of pause to look at the individual, to see the individual separate from the role that they play in your yeah. life, right? So let, like, let's take off the hat, that role, that title, that he's your dad. Because knowing that means, again, we've attached expectations of True. him because he is my dad, mm-hmm. My dad should do this, 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 you know what I mean? We have a list, a laundry list of things that we believe, you know, my dad should be this way because this is what dads do. Mm-hmm. This is what dads are supposed to do. Well, there's a reason why he's not showing up in the way that you need or desire him to. Mm-hmm. So let's ask the question. Let's let's get curious enough about his actions to simply say, Dad, I have a question for you. And I really want your honest answer, your honest response. Whatever you say, I'm okay with it, right? Um, often I, I reach out to you and this is the response. Can you help me with that? Like I a lot of times I'm looking for you to, to reach out to me or to respond to me when I reach out to you, but that's not what I receive. So again, just asking the question, if, if that person is open, just ask the question, just ask the question because that if they are open, they will share. If they know that you're saying there is no judgment, there is, there's no judgment to whatever your response will be. I just need to know from me. I really just need to know. So sometimes changing the approach, looking at it with new eyes and those, again, we take off the lens of seeing this person as our Mm -hmm. and having those expectations that they are supposed to show up in a specific way, but saying, okay, I just want to know, you know, and, and so I think that's one way to get further with, with that experience, with that type of experience. Um, and I, I do like how you say, um, take away the the title and yeah. just see them as an individual. Because I, and like in my father's um, situation, uh, my mother told me like over and over again that, I mean, he didn't grow up the best, 
he just didn't he didn't have his father in his life he, he never knew his father right and you know and then like my my grandmother you know she was in and out his life um so i mean like i i know that part but if i'm being honest like like i said this was like some years ago still i was like well he because he didn't have one he should want to be one you know so right and so <laughs> because yeah. that comes from our need to be loved to be right to be seen which again is not off course mm -hmm. wrong with that however we have to look at the individual's capacity separate excluded from the title that they've been given because like let's just be plain like plain and simple your dad became a dad when you were born that was the only thing that made him a dad right <laughs> You were born, yeah. you were conceived, you were born. That made him a father, right? But let's look at his history. His history is that of abandonment, okay? If we know what his history is and we know that, then we can approach him differently because we look at oftentimes chronological age, people keep having birthdays and then now they're 60 and 70 years old. And we think we have a whole individual. And oftentimes we do not. Oftentimes a person is stuck in the place where they were traumatized. There's a big dad that is stuck in the place where he was traumatized. If that was 10 years old, that's when he, it's a part of him that's still 10 years old inside his 60, 50, 60, 70 year old body, right? He, there's something that is still broken and unhealed within him. He just kept having birthdays. Days just continue to pass. It does not necessarily mean that someone checked in with him to say, hey, what do you need, right? That tells me if his dad was not there, if his mom was not there, he is without love and structure and all of these things, again, that we, the same things you expected and needed and wanted, he went without those things. So now what would have been a lesson for him, what would have been his, his experience and teacher, a teacher to help him to show up and be a better parent, this is, these are the lessons he received. So he learned rejection, right? Mm -hmm. He learned um, what we call unsecure attachment instead of having a healthy attachment, now he has an insecure attachment. So he doesn't know how, he doesn't know how to show up for his daughter in the way that she needs because he was a son that nobody showed up for, right? That was abandoned, right? He does, he may not be well-versed on how to do emotions, right? So with that, that informs his experience and how he shows up. He can't wipe the slate clean. It would be nice if he could, but he can't wipe the slate clean and just show up and be super dad. Girl, you gonna make me cry on this show? <laughs> that's not in his, that's not my attention, but. <laughs> you over here trying to be uh, Barbara Walters over here. Because, you know, cause I'm, I'm like, I'm, I guess for the first time, it's like, I'm feeling sorry for him or, you know. Yes because we got to see him with a new lens. There's a little boy that exists on, on the inside of him 
that grew into a man that still doesn't have the capacity to show up emotionally for his daughter. Hmm. So it, it could be a part of him that's saying, I don't know how. But as a man, how does a man say that to his child? Yeah. yeah. So know? I know it, I know it's it's a lot of people that's probably experiencing this. Yes. Um so okay. So what so you wouldn't say that it's too late no for, it's for someone if they want like mm-hmm. a better relationship yeah. with their yeah. with their parent or with their child. No, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. I think it's ever too late as long as you're alive as long as there's air in your lungs <laughs> yeah. too late there's always an opportunity you know and for that it's like holding the faith holding holding on to hope um and again i just return to saying this it is removing that title so if i get to know you if i approach you again i'm not approaching you as my dad i'm not approaching you as my father at all. i'm not I'm approaching you as a man that I would like to get to know better because that's the same thing we would offer a stranger. True. That is, and I was just thinking that I'm like, because you, it's something that you, you keep saying. I think that um, those who are in this situation, that something that we need to grasp. And that Mm -hmm. is we have to strip, take away just for a moment to take away that, that title of parent and look at them as an individual, look at them as just a person. And like you said, it could be a person, like a stranger, you know, telling you this story and you will have empathy for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'll be able to see them differently to say, ah, like it's, it's the same as if, if someone, you know, let's just say I said, okay, you got to go. And, um, Someone that you know you have to pick up from the hospital, they're just getting out of ICU, right? You go and pick them up. You don't you don't make them walk to the car. Right. You don't then tell them, hey, I need you to run a marathon because I'm running a marathon. I need you to run this marathon with me. They don't have the capacity. They're broken. They're maybe they're mending, maybe they're healing, maybe they're stuck. Whatever their case may be they've experienced some brokenness in their lives. So it has altered their ability to show up for you. They do not have the capacity, right? When we talk about tools in the toolbox, in our, in our toolkit, they don't have the tools. They don't have the proper tools to be able to give. If they did, I believe they would, but you know, so would you say that, so again, it's like the parent and child um, in a strange relationship. So who, who, whomever, like it, it don't have to be necessarily like the parent that reaches mm-hmm. out, right? So yeah. would you say whomever is what, like stronger or I, I don't know how to, how to put that, who will reach out first? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, for me as a therapist, I, I charge whoever I'm talking to. It's your job now. You have to do it. <laughs> and people like it. You know, I have people that say like, why well, I got to do it? Because I'm talking to you. And if yeah. I was talking to them, I would share the same thing with them. Right. 
oftentimes because you're in a space where it is something in your heart and mind that says something's not right or this is this is an urgency for me or this is something that it just won't settle within me that means okay there may be some work for you to do to process how you feel but the goal would be to get you to the place where you can take that step again to reach out to say i'm going to remove all the pretenses i'm going to remove all the expectations i'm going to remove this title i'm going to put that to the side and i'm just going to approach this individual who is a man who had a life before i came along and i just want to get to know them right i'm going to meet them where they are mm -hmm. right and if that is possible because a lot of times you think about there's still a, a little boy within you know your father who is who is dealt with rejection and so maybe that could be why he doesn't reach out he may still be afraid of rejection he may still be grappling with the idea of abandonment so it is meeting him where he is to even just show up to show him what unconditional love looks like and what it can be because guess what he's never experienced it that's true that's true so those of you who are listening and this applies to you if you you are the one if you're hearing our voice <laughs> <laughs> to go ahead and um, make that step and reach out. Yeah. So what can a parent do? You know, say they're a, a new parent or yeah. they have, you know, young children. What can they do in their parent to establish their parent-child relationship to, uh, to get to a place where, I mean, I know we can't see the future, but to get yeah. to the place where they try to... Um, um, not go that route. Would you say like communication is is key? Communication is a is a good start. I think also just taking inventory of where they are as an individual. I think it takes a whole individual to say I'm going to parent. Right? We have to have like having self love. You know, making sure we're loving ourselves according to the way that we need to be loved. So we're not looking for our our unborn child to come into our life and fulfill a need mm -hmm. or void that was never fulfilled in any other way through any other relationship that preceded them. So they can come in and just you you then have the opportunity to just love them unconditionally without saying, OK, I'm going to give you conditions. You have to do this. You have to love me. You have to be here for me. You have to fill this void. And that's a tall order for a child. Mm -hmm. All order. Right. And oftentimes people, parents become so connected and attached to their children that their children become their everything. Mm -hmm. And so then it's so inter interconnected that even once that child grows and, you know, moves on and becomes independent, it's like, no, you can't go because you're, yeah. my, you're my security. But that's not what a child's role is. That's true. To a family, to parents, that's not. That's not their responsibility. So the best thing that we can do is make sure that we are experiencing wholeness and seeking toward, you know, moving toward wholeness um, in our lives. So if there is anything, any wounds that exist in our lives, like really 
getting, you know, investigating those, getting curious about them to say, I want to know, like, what is it within me that may be, you know, still left in disrepair or still may be broken from my childhood? Let me try to repair those things. Let me do my work Mm -hmm. that when I have my child, when my child comes, I can be whole for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So is it safe to say, like, on one end, like say if a parent is like extremely strict, their mm-hmm. child may end up resenting that. Or if a parent is extremely clingy and they're like, just get away. <laughs> you know, it, it depends. Sometimes what I've seen a, a, a child say, you know, yeah, they this is too much for me. This is too much of a burden. Um, But also because children feel such a sense of loyalty and love Mm. for them, they are willing to give their parent whatever they need, which which also robs them of their opportunity to just be a child, right? To to maintain their innocence. Now they're showing up to parent their parent, if that makes sense. Mm So they're stepping in that role. They're being a confidant. They're being a best friend. They're being all these things. They're being a companion. And because they love their parent, that's the thing. Children love typically Mm -hmm. unconditionally, right? Yeah. So there's that sense of loyalty and love that a child has for their parent. And it's like, hey, I'm willing to do whatever you need because I love you so much. And I also need you in my life. So they're willing to make the sacrifice. They are willing to make that sacrifice. So um, that becomes unfortunate um, because then that means that that parent may have showed up in a in a space of brokenness and and still wounded in a way that they need healing and wholeness. Hmm. So it's safe to say that that parent will probably need to speak to a professional to figure yes. out some things. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like doing our doing our work is a really healthy place. Um it's a healthy thing to do because we want to show up and be safe for our children. We want to offer them security. You know, there's things that they need from us. Right. If we determine to say I want to become a parent then I think that's an obligation to say, I want to be accountable. I want to be a good steward over my child. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, here's the thing I often share. And I practice this myself. I can't take somewhere, someone into a place that I've never been. Mm-hmm. I have to experience things for certain things for myself. If there's brokenness or wounding that exists within me, I got to go into self learning self-love looks like and practicing that and processing my pain and processing my brokenness and things of that nature so that if my child ever experiences anything similar to that, I can walk them through that. Yeah. That's what makes me that that's what helps me to become a, a good or better steward over my child. And that secures their future. So um, that that helps in securing their future. So that's a way that I equip them by equipping myself. That's good. So as we wrap up, and for those who are watching, um, you can see at the bottom of the screen, if you want to get in touch with um, Latasha, 
you can do so. You can email her at um, I'm trying to wait till it come up on the screen here. Yeah, it's legacy, legacy life services. services at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, could do you do um um virtual appointments? I do, I do, I do virtual appointments now. I also do some in-person um appointments as well. So you can take virtual appointments like from 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 any anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. When I, let me clarify. Okay. So only in this from the state of Michigan. So okay. Person is um because I'm licensed in the state of Michigan. So gotcha. Be a Michigan resident. So yeah. Okay. So Michigan residents, you know, if you can't physically um, get to her to talk to her, as you see, she is um, a very good counselor therapist. Uh, darn near had me crying. Okay. Oh my God. You just had a side chat. I did not. not we are, we are, but you know how some of those can go sometimes. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's healing. It's healing. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, go ahead and reach out to her again. You can um, reach out to her at, um, Legacy Life Services at gmail.com, right? It's Legacy Life CC Services. It's the CC. CC. I'm missing the CC. That's okay, but Legacy Life CC, CC. at gmail.com. Yeah. And I will have that correctly again on the um, episode description Thank of you so this episode. So, Tasha, again, as we wrap up, yeah. if you just want to give out one piece of advice for those mm -hmm. wanting to mend their relationship with their parent or with their child, what would it, what would it be? I would say be willing to try again. Number mm. one. Um, and don't give up. And I will also say, be careful of, you know, fixing and mending your own heart before returning to a space where you may have been hurt again. Because sometimes that past hurt informs us of our future um, decisions and things and, and experiences. So, you know, protect your heart, guard your heart, mend your heart, heal your heart. Um, forgiveness is huge. Yeah. Forgiveness, I cannot say enough about forgiveness. Forgiving that person of being a version of themselves that wasn't able to show up for you, right? And 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 again, just be willing to try again. Be willing to try again. Yeah, I, I agree with you on all of that. Forgiveness is something because believe it or not, I did. I, I forgave my father some some years ago. I really did because I've I've had other male um father figures in my life yes so um but yeah forgiveness and i like that um be willing to try again i like that yeah 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 it helps because like you said what i love is that you had other um healthy mm -hmm. role models and figures in your life yeah were not able to forgive it would have even been harder or challenging for you to receive love from those other sources mm -hmm. so forgiveness and oftentimes this is a challenge you know sharing and convincing people you know forgiveness is a gift you give yourself it is yes. not a person it is not saying what they did was okay it, it is not okay 
It is not okay. And I love to validate everyone's experience because it's not okay, right? But also forgiveness is something you have to give yourself. You got to have that so you can move forward. That's true. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tasha, for coming on just for a few moments to um, enlighten us and to share with us and to just encourage us to go ahead and try again with that with that parent with that child yeah just try again and yeah. see them as a individual instead of that title as parent or that title as child okay yes oh that was that was good yes. uh, thank you deep breath moment right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, breathe and say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, was, that was really good so you all if you know somebody who need to hear this go ahead feel free to share this um p- podcast episode on your, whatever platforms that you're on um and again, we're on every streaming platform. If you want to just like listen to it, getting ready for work, going into work in your car, you know, if you have Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music, whatever platform, you can turn mm-hmm. us on, listen to this, um, and just really encourage you all just to mend those relationships. Yes. Mend those relationships. It's never too late. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be back with you next week. Um, with a whole new topic, and uh, we're going to discontinue this series, Family Matters, because it does. It does. Yeah. It oh does. God. Thank you again, Tasha, and I will have your correct <laughs> info <laughs> thank on, you so the, on the episode. And um, again, thank you so much. Yes. And um, we'll see everybody. I'll see you all next week. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. Let's go. Let's go. It's time to turn up your radio. Turn up the radio. Just so you just so you know. You kicking in with K. That's all I'm gonna say. You're here now.